This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Well, we often talk about polls here on Fight Back, and with the federal election just around the corner, we've decided to do our own. And you, our audience, are the people who count. Now, the initiative is being led by the magazine. And if you have not seen the current issue of Zoomer Magazine, which I am holding up right now for those of you following us on the internet, it is a very clever take of Mount Rushmore with the stone heads of our Canadian political leaders carved in stone instead of the U.S. presidents. And we're calling this the Zoomer primary. We want you to go online and vote. But here's the beauty. You can change your vote if that's what you're moved to do as the campaign unfolds. We always hear that campaigns matter. So we'll find out if they do or if they don't. We're going to be tracking this every Monday until the election here on Fight Back. And right now, I'm here with Zoomer Magazine's senior editor, Peter Mugridge, and David Kravitz, a VP of Zoomer Media, and our guru on all things demographic. Uh, so welcome. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thanks for having us. Uh, so can you uh, first give us a rundown on the numbers, Peter? Um, well, in, in looking at our latest Zoomer primary poll, we have the Liberals out ahead by uh, 5% over the Conservatives. They're at 40. The Green Party is third at 8%, and the NDP has almost disappeared off the radar. They're only at 4%. You forgot about the Conservatives. Oh, sorry. The, the Conservatives are second at 35. Uh-huh. And David, uh, what do these numbers show? Well, the numbers, I think, uh, number one, of course, the caution is very early. We're not sure mm -hmm. how many people have started to uh, follow this. The conventional wisdom is people start tuning in after Labor Day. But the big news is that if you look at our poll and you compare it to some other polls, if the Conservatives were leading even by two or three points, it looks like the Liberal distribution of those votes would translate into a better chance of forming a government, even if they were a little bit behind. So right now, the playing field looks like, um, this is the conventional wisdom, but a liberal minority uh, with these kinds of numbers. Okay, I want to give the numbers out again because I want to hear from our audience. Now, our audience is very politically engaged, and we right. do have a number of people who are pretty baked in, number of people who either always vote conservative no matter what, or always vote liberal no matter what. Uh, but I want to hear from people of what they are waiting to hear in this election campaign. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. As I said, I'm here with Peter Mugridge and David Kravitz, and we're talking about the Zoomer primary. And uh, that's kind of our own poll of our own listeners. And of course, we all know 
Zoomers are much more likely to vote than any other demographic. Uh, I believe the proportion is kind of uh, by two thirds more likely to vote. And uh, we're going to have a look at what is concerning for our demographic. So, uh, Peter, fill us in on the other, uh, you know, raison d'etre behind this initiative. Well, we, we in our, in the magazine, we, uh, gave a rundown of the various plat- uh, seniors-related platforms for each party, and um, and and CARP has its own. Uh, CARP has identified its own platform. Okay, so I uh, healthcare, I think, is at the top. You know, and this is really interesting because. A lot of polling, polling of the general population shows that the main issue is climate change. Now, you know what? That might be something that people are telling pollsters, but I don't think that it's the real thing. David? Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I would tend to agree with you, but even more than that, even if it were, that's not an issue on which there is a dramatic difference by age. And I know I'm saying something against the conventional wisdom. The conventional wisdom is younger people care about the climate change passionately. The older people who aren't going to be around by the end of the century don't care. But the data says that the Zoomer voter is just as likely as the younger voter to uh, care about climate change. In fact, slightly more likely. Really? Yeah, slightly more into buying, paying more to buy green products, slightly higher rate of recycling, slightly higher rate of saying, I'll, I'll change my lifestyle for the good of the planet. So at best, it's going to be an even Stephen across the age groups. If you look at climate change, it's not going to favor uh uh, one party over the other, I don't think. But is that going to be uh, what we call the ballot question? Are people actually going to no. vote on that or do they just care about it? Uh, you know, I, I think these polls, people like to show, you know, how, how pious they are about certain issues. But, I, you know, whether whether the environment's actually going to rate above health care or the economy when they visit the ballot box, I, I just don't see it happening. No. Well, okay. We have, uh, as I said, we run a lot of other polls, and uh, we've run a number of things from Angus Reid lately, and they've done a whole suite of polls on older voters and what they care about. So we've done entire shows that access to healthcare is really a big issue, issue. that people don't feel they have enough access. And uh, while, as we said, the top overall issue is climate change. Uh, for Canadians over 55, it's health care. It is. It is. The problem in a federal election, of course, is that there's not much daylight between the parties. Nobody's going to come out and say, I'm against better health care. So they all sort of uh, tend to mouth the same uh, uh, verbiage or pla- you could call it platitudes, but that's maybe a bit cynical. But they all say the same thing. So there's not going to be, if I vote for the conservatives, this will be the approach to healthcare. If I vote for the liberals, it'll be very different. It tends to blend together because everybody's afraid of looking too offside on this issue. Well, it's it's interesting because Andrew Shear, the conservative leader, just promised that he would increase the transfers to healthcare if he's yes. elected mm-hmm. and not cut them. So uh, the the because um, the, the prevailing liberal story is the conservatives are going to cut the things you need. Right. But he's he's hardly going to come out and say he's going to cut them before the election. And, um, you know, 
Ford, like this, this sort of resonates much more on a provincial level where Ford, everyone knew what Ford was going to do to health budgets, whereas Shear has some, you know, distance from it where, where he's just in charge of provincial payments. Ford not, has increased the health budgets, actually, yeah, not right, yeah. not by the the amount of inflation, perhaps, but he's actually increased yeah. the budget from what Kathleen Wynne did. Right. So uh, but they're, but they're, they're all, But it was much more clear yeah. what Ford was going to do, whereas Shear, Shear can take a step back and, and just all, talk about transfer payments. Right. And they're all tap dancing around it. Anyway, Canada ranks fourth highest among the OECD countries in per capita spending on health care. We're already spending more than many other countries that are out forming us by wide margins on the very thing Angus Reid was polling, which was access to health care. We're near the bottom and we spend near the top. Eventually, that's going to blow up in somebody's face. I'm not sure that it's this federal it election. We're, we're, yeah. we're not spending yeah. it efficiently. And as a matter right. of fact, in the back half of the show, just to promote what is going to be coming up after we finish this conversation, uh, there were a pile of, uh, of uh, procedures that have been delisted by right. OHIP on the recommendation of the Ontario Medical Association because they're out, outdated or mm-hmm. duplicative. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are, those are the kinds of efficiencies. Now, I want to just highlight a, a finding by Angus Reid because it seems to agree with some of the callers we have waiting and we're going to take a couple of calls. And it is that uh, uncommitted voters are most likely to be female, 58%, uh, and young women, 74%, under 35, men over 55 are most likely to have locked in their choice for October. So, uh, let us begin with Andrew and Vaughn. Hi, Andrew. Hey, how are you? Fine. How are you? I'm not too bad. I, uh, I've been listening, uh, first time, uh, listener actually. And, um, you guys are talking a lot, of, a little bit about, uh, young voters and, you know, how more likely to swing liberal. And, um, I'm a young voter myself. I voted in the last federal election and I actually voted liberal. Uh huh. And in this federal election, I'm actually looking to vote conservative. And a lot of my friends, and I'm in the 22 age range, a lot of my friends are actually looking to make that switch as well. Mm. And one of the um, one of the reasons is uh, some of the things that you guys are talking about when it comes to economic stability. Um, we're not very convinced about the work that the Liberal government has done over the last years in terms of uh, providing more of a stable e- economy. And in things like healthcare and education, we're not very uh, we're not very happy with what has happened, and though we care about the environment and issues like that, we do believe uh, conservative government will still take a stand on that kind of stuff. So I don't believe that um, you're. I think they'll be surprised knowing that there is actually a lot more young voters who are actually swinging. Uh, more conservative this election. Well, you know, that's very interesting. And I kind of made an assumption that you were older because uh, many of our regular our regular callers are. Uh, and, you know, the issue, one of the issues with your demographic is, are you actually going to get out and vote? Um, for sure. And the last, you know, the last uh, federal election, that was, um, there was a huge young voter turnout. And I think this election as well, I think because we don't see uh, stability in our present future for for people our age, we are going to get out and vote. And I can tell you a lot of my friends, and I have these conversations all the time, uh, we're, we're going to get out and vote in this election because we're more invested into our future 
than ever before. And I think having the access to more information about what's going on in the economy and listening to these political discussions, we're more inclined out to get out and actually find a political candidate that's willing to try to make a difference. And that's, yeah, and I believe we're going to get out and actually vote. Okay, I, I have one more question for you before we let you go. And is that, are you kind of disillusioned because Justin Trudeau said we are going to do or he is going to do politics differently? And, and what we're getting is basically same old, same old politics with political considerations. I, yeah, I believe it's really, and I agree, and I think it's all talk, really. And I think it's more of, uh, more of the, like, the social stuff thing, you know, just to kind of show face and kind of make voters, you know, specifically young voters, believe that he's actually making a difference. But I believe it's all talk and no actual action. And, um, you know, it's being concerned with all these, and I understand it's important for all these, like, social issues, but you can't put behind the things that are important in this country. And that's what I believe he's doing is he's just talking about these things and saying the things that we want to hear, but there's nothing being actually done. Okay, Andrew, thank you very much for that. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Okay, and people, when you call and turn your radio down, that's that echo you're hearing. It's a delay, so uh, once I put you on the air, make sure your radio is not turned up. And uh, we can hear from William in Toronto. Hi, William. Hello, Lib. Um, uh, about uh, health care, uh, the only way to solve the health care situation is for uh, Doug Ford to delegate this to Christine Elliott and to Andrea Horvath and go on vacation. We're talking, we're talking about, we're talking about the federal election, William. I know I'm getting there. The federal Uh, election. I don't like Trudeau whatsoever. I don't believe a thing he says and he does not exist. He's had his four years of a test drive and he's failed miserably. Andrew Scheer is a yes man, not his own man. As a big C conservative, uh, I like to vote conservative whenever I can, and when I have to vote my own party out, I'll do it for the benefit of my own party. The only real conservative that's capable and experienced and qualified as prime minister is Maxime Bernier. But he doesn't have a party to back him up. But he's the only one that's qualified. So I'm going to vote for uh, People's Party of Canada for that reason. Okay, thanks for that, William. Okay, well, uh, there you go. William is a Zoomer, men over 55 most likely to be baked in, and and he doesn't like Andrew Scheer. But what we're seeing from the People's Party, uh, are, are they a factor according to our Zoomer primary poll? Not in our poll and not in any poll I've seen. Do you think that may change? No. Well, I, I be careful because we haven't had any debates yet. We haven't had any real. He's air not. Time. He's, so far, he's not uh, being no, allowed debate, to debate. No, no. But we also haven't had the commercials. We haven't had the. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they took down one of his billboards um, on uh, opposing mass immigration, and that billboard was uh, removed. He, he might get some mileage. There might be a backlashy kind of a vote that he can. He can get and remember these smaller chunks of voting mm-hmm. can cut into the conservatives or cut into the liberals. I I, I think you know Matt uh, Bernier's doing sheer a favor and and he's sort of taken out that kind of radical element from the conservatives and they can have their own party to 
sort of rage amongst each other. But uh, Shear doesn't have to deal with them anymore. Right. Yeah. That's good. I want to, if I if I could get back to the young man that called in, mm-hmm. um, because the uh, the assumption that the youth vote uh, goes liberal uh, and can be decisive uh, isn't borne out uh, by the statistics. And then if you look at if he represents the youth vote not even going liberal in the first place, it's even worse. But um, we know that the um, percentage of young people, say 18 to 24, who say they feel overwhelmed by financial worries is much higher than the number of 65 plus. So you think 65 plus would be more worried, fixed income, I've retired, don't have any money coming in anymore, I'm really anxious. Yeah. No, the younger, his, he speaks for a, a, a big group of people uh, enough to affect the election, who are much more worried about the economy mm-hmm. and the dollars and cents than about some of these more long-term issues. And I think it was very telling that he phoned in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and we appreciate calls from everybody in every demographic, mm-hmm. but it, it's interesting to hear from the younger generation. Also interesting, he's saying that he's definitely going to vote, get his friends to vote. Uh, we've seen that in the past that hasn't really happened, though the prime minister got a big boost from young people last time. Mm-hmm. Two to one, really. Yeah. Two, to, two to one, yeah. and he's pretty well depending on that, I guess. Yeah, but David, explain how that may not <laughs> pan out. Yeah, If I take the youngest section... If I take the votes that were actually cast, there's a thousand votes cast, a million, whatever. How many came from each age group? Well, in the last election, with the record, so-called record turnout, the 18 to 24-year-old group yep. accounted for 10% of all the votes cast. And and That's how uh, how much of the population do they account for? Well, a higher number. Uh, I don't have that number. But they were 10% of the votes cast. The 65-plus group. The yeah. oldest segment, twenty three percent, two and a half times as many. Times. Now the the under uh, the eighteen to twenty four vote broke 65, 20, 60, no, 40, 25 for the liberals, but it didn't. It produced about a half a million vote difference. Uh, when it's it's not enough to matter. He can't win the election, uh, Trudeau. The liberals cannot win on the youth vote. They can't. But what about uh, the millennials, the middle group, twenty-four to how to where? where do well, you cut that again, demo off? Zoomers, forty-five plus. You're talking six out of every ten votes. So the millennials are buried in the other forty percent. So it takes a massive swing by age. And my point, from what I can see so far, it doesn't appear that age is the differential where all the older people are going to vote conservative and all the so-called younger people are going to vote liberal. I think it's a little bit more broadly distributed, but where Shear is very vulnerable, and we saw this with Harper, they cannot take a hit among the older voters. Which they, they did actually, in the last They can election. take a hit among the younger voters. They can actually take a big hit among the youngest. The youth vote can swing for Trudeau big time. I'm not saying it will or it won't. It could. It doesn't hurt the conservatives as much as if they lose the older vote. And that's what that, happened in 2015. That's what happened last time. Because yeah. yeah. uh, that's where the action is. That's where the quantity ha- is. Do you have any sense of what could make those older voters turn away, the ones who are conservative, turn away from the conservatives? We heard William say, ah, he's not a real conservative. I know people don't have a huge sense of who he is no. yet. He's, he lacks charisma. Like he, He's just... He's sort of a non-entity almost out there, you know, on on, on the uh, campaign trail. But but remember that uh, 
Trudeau was kind of a a non-entity until uh, suddenly he had a majority. Uh, But he was up against a very well-defined prime minister. And I think Trudeau's, the fact that he's got one term is both a disadvantage and an advantage. With Harper, you had a very strongly baked in image, good or bad, whatever you liked him or didn't like him. He was going to be who he was going to be. And you had 10 years of Of living with this. And maybe we should try something new. With Trudeau, we've only got one term. Uh, he is way more defined than he was, which was inevitable, but he's still got some way to go. But in answer to your other question, I don't see yet, I think as we meet every Monday, it'll define itself. Mm-hmm. I don't see yet an age-driven differential that you can put your hand and say, that's what's driving all the older voters this way. That's what's driving all the younger voters this way. I don't think it's happened yet. It might, but not yet. And uh, just in terms of the voting pool, I know that in the United States, uh, millennials have surpassed mm-hmm. boomers in terms of the voting pool. That doesn't mean that they're the biggest voting group. But is that the case here or are, or is it still all about us? Well, it depends. It depends who us is. If you if you add up uh, the votes cast, it's all about us. And by the way, it's true in the states too. The millennials, right? Don't no, but I'm talking the about the pool. This is yeah. according to Pew Research. It's yes. not that more millennials voted, but they were they were oh, no, they're more uh, more of them were eligible to vote than the Zoomer pool. Uh, but the Zoomers pool still outvoted them. Right. Actually, the millennials and the Boomers. Right. We've got to be careful. Boomer is age 55 to 75. The millennials equal and slightly exceed the boomers in just how many of them are out there. Right. Now, on top of the boomers, I've got 75, 80, 90, 100. You got, I got older voters. Underneath the millennials, I got younger voters, but not that many. So the older cohort is still dominant, and it is in the States as well. Okay. Let's hear from Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. My comment has to do with the growing number of Canadians, in fact, larger percentages by the day, uh, who are looking toward the federal election for action on climate change. And to date, uh, the Conservatives, they have put something out there, but by most expert opinion, uh, it doesn't, not only does it meet the challenge, but will make matters worse. So my scenario, um, the perfect scenario from a climate change perspective would be a liberal minority uh, supported by the NDP and the Greens. And uh, that, w- that would push the liberals to go even farther than they may have wanted to in the past. So are you voting liberal or green yes. or NDP? No, I'm going to vote liberal. Okay, Dennis, thanks for that. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Mm -hmm. You were talking about how the vote breaks. So first of all, we saw in this week of our poll that uh, the Liberals increased their lead Mm to 40 percent. So that's another thing we've been discussing all week. It looks like the uh, SNC-Lavalin thing, the Ethics Commissioner's report has had no impact on voter intentions. Zero. Zero. Uh, Andrew Scheer, when I spoke to him last week, insisted that it's a matter of principle, not the election, but I suspect maybe they will turn their attention to other things in the campaign. So 
we've we've seen that but but another thing that uh, the truism or the conventional wisdom is that for the conservatives to win or even to do very well they need a strong ndp and they aren't getting it they're not getting it i would also point out i just want to interject one little thing we have a 12% undecided in our poll right so depending on how that breaks the conservatives could wind up you know with the 5 point you know mm. It may not break 50-50, you know, the people that are sitting on the fence waiting. Also, on SNC-Lavalin, we've only based it on the news reports. Let's see how it plays in a debate. Let's see if somebody challenges Trudeau to apologize on national television or something, and he he fumbles. He may not, but I think it's still early to see whether or not these issues are quite as locked in as they may look so far. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, and, uh, again, so we're seeing that the liberals are increasing yes. and, uh, they're, they're benefiting, uh, uh, about that. Do you have any views on what has to happen to NDP support? Well, you know, uh, um, Singh has been a, he, yeah. he, he came with great fanfare and, and he was supposed to be a colorful, you know, uh, diverse leader. And he's been invisible, and anything he said has sort of worked against the party. And, um, you know, Mulcair was, uh, Thomas Mulcair was um, removed from the party because he was seen as a boring technocrat. But, uh, you know, they they would be in better position with him in power than than they have been with Singh. But I would argue Mulcair was way edgier. I don't know if he was that boring. He was a very good debater. He was a very... He was a solid politician. He was an outspoken, like him or hate him, he was very defined. He was very, very good as leader of the opposition and maybe less good... Sure, no, for sure. ...in the, you know, on the hustings and making that contact. Right. Uh, So... We're just about out of time on this. This is going to be a weekly feature. Uh, first of all, people, we want you to go out and vote. So you just go to zoomervote.ca. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Anything else people should know? And they, they can, can check- follow all the latest updates on the election and take part in our snap polls as well. Okay. and uh, Check back in and change your vote if yeah. you want to. Okay. And, and uh, with changing the vote, how does that work? I think that it explains it on the website, how you log back in, you mm-hmm. create an account, then you can basically go in and reverse your vote. Yeah. And we, that's something. But I think that step, is, that step by step vote, is right? on yeah. your screen when you go yeah. there. I'll explain it to you. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's something that we're going to be tracking right. pretty closely. It'll be interesting to see how it shifts with, you know, will SNC move the needle at all or, you know. Okay. And what are you looking for for next week before we meet again next week? Well, next week is going to be the official... Last day of the pre-campaign, I guess Labor Day if it's Monday. Um, and then I'm looking for uh, how have they jockeyed for a position to lift off the day after next week? Because I think that's when you're really going to see the action uh, get started. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to be here next week yeah. on Labor Day, and I hope you guys will be for here sure. with me as well. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.